الحمد للہ وقفہ السلام علیہ بارہ الدین استفاد اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم کل نفس ذائقت الموت ثم الینا ترجعون وقال اللہ تعالی فی آیت اخرى کل نفس ذائقت الموت ونبلوکم بالشر والخیر فتنة وإلینا ترجعون وقال اللہ تعالی فی آیت آخر كل نفس ذائقة الموت فإنما توفونا أجوركم يوم القيامة فمن زحزح عن النار وأدخل الجنة فقد فاز وما الحياة الدنيا إلا متاع الغرور وقال الله تعالى في آية أخرى إنما تكون يدرككم الموت ولو كنتم في بروج مشيدة وقال الله تعالى في آية أخرى قُلْ إِنَّ الْمَوْتَ الَّذِي تَفِرُّونَ مِنْهُ فَإِنَّهُ مُلَاقِيكُمْ ثُمَّ تُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ عَالِمِ الْغَيْبِ وَالشَّهَادَةِ فَيُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ وقال الله تعالى في آية أخرى وَيَبْكَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ ذُو الْجَلَالِ وَالْإِكْرَانِ وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كُنْ فِي الدُّنْيَا كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبٌ سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم ما نظر فرماتين إهمس دنيا مي اچھی زندگی جینے کے لئے نہیں بھیجے گیا ہے ہم اس دنیا میں اچھی زندگی جینے کے لئے نہیں آئیں اچھی موت مرنے کے لئے We have not been sent to this world to live a good life We have been sent to this world to die a good death We have not been sent to this world to live a good life We have been sent to this world to die a good death. We have not been sent to this world to live a pleasurable life. We have been sent to this world to die a pleasurable death. This is a fundamental teaching of every deen, every book, every prophet, universal teaching of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's a fundamental failure of the Muslims today. Each and every one of us wants to live a good life and very, very few of us are concerned with trying to die a good death. When it comes to our life in this world, we want the best and the most. These are our two favorite words when it comes to dunya. Best and most. I want the best education. I want the best degree from the best institute with the best pedigree. Then I want the best internship that I want the best job, that I want the best promotion, I want the best office, <laughs> that I want the best car, I want the best house I can afford, I want to live in the best neighborhood I can afford, I want the best spouse I can find, then we should have the best schools for our children, then they should also go through the same process, and they should also have the best degree, and the best job. Hmm? And then when it comes to how much of the best We want more and more. How much more? More? I want the most possible dunya I can have. The most money I can save. 
the most money I can make. I want to make the most money I can make this year. I want to make the most bonus possible I can this year. When it comes to the dunya, everything is the best and the most. The best and the most. And when it comes to deen and akhirah, the so-called educated Muslim of today reveals his true jahala, his ignorance. And when it comes to deen and akhirah, what do they say? I want the least. I want the least. Show me the least I have to do. Show me the bare minimum I have to do. Tell me, is it really further or not? Am I really going to be asked about this? Hmm? Could you ever talk to your employer like that? When he sends you an email and tells you something to do, do you go to his office and say, Is this really necessary for me to do? As part of my job description? Hmm? No. You want the best and the most when it comes to dunya. And you want the least and easiest. Least and easiest when it comes to deen. Least and easiest when it comes to akhir. What would you call that person who wants the most in the dunya and tries for the least in the akhirah other than a fool? A tragic fool. Hmm? And this is how he's thinking. Make the most of this world only to lose it all when you die. That's why Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِكَةُ الْمَوْتِ ثُمَّ إِلَيْنَا تُرْجَعُونَ That each and every single nafs, each and every single self, each and every single soul, each and every single life will taste death. Not will die. Will taste death. Will experience death. Will go through the process of death. Will go through all of the stages that take place after death. That's why I said pleasurable death. Exactly. Yes. Zaika. It's a taste. Every single one of us is going to taste it. So ma'ilayna turja'oon. And then Allah Ta'ala says, and after you taste that death, if that experience itself is not terrifying enough for you, then you will be returned to us, Allah Ta'ala says. Then you will be brought in front of us. Then you will be made to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala furada alone. Yes, it comes in Quran, Yawm al-Hashr, the day when all people will be gathered together. But then they will stand in front of Allah Ta'ala alone, furada. One by one, singly, one on one with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ That that person who is scared of standing in front of his Rabb, and all the time they keep thinking about this standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when they remember their death, they remember their akhirah, they remember that they will be presented in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they stop their nafs from following its desires. And that young man and woman who never remembers their death, who never remembers akhirah, who doesn't even know that they're going to be standing in front of their Rabb, they've deleted it from their entire consciousness. They're never aware of it. Therefore they don't fear it. They're not scared of it. Therefore they don't stop their nafs from doing whatever they want. They do whatever they want. Whatever they want. And they glorify the certain Ji may apna marzi ka malik ho. Jo meri marzi hai voh chalega. Main voh karta hoon jo meri marzi hoti. They actually start talking. The ones who are in their 30s and 40s and 50s. They actually start talking like that. They do whatever they want. Whatever they wish. However they want. However they wish, whenever they want, whenever they wish. 
Dal says about such a person in Quran, Afaraita manitahada ilahuhu hawa, that are you not stunned? Are you not dumbfounded? Are you not amazed at that person who's taken their every wish and desire as their God? Slave to their own desires, a creature of their own desires. Whatever they wish, however they wish, however they want. Every day of their life. And not a single day do they remember death. There will be some people sitting in this room that weeks have gone by before they even have thought of their death. There will be people sitting in this building that for some of the months have gone by and they never remembered their death. There will be some people sitting in this building that years have gone by and they never thought about their death. So busy leading and living the good life. So busy seeking and yearning for the good life. They forgot that they were sent to earth to seek the good death, to die a good death. Forgot? Apna maksad bhulge. Rasta bhulge. Allah ta'ala bhulge. Apne ubdiyat bhulge. Apne insaniyat bhulge. The insan is the name of that one creation that Allah Ta'ala has given this ilm that you will die. Animals don't know it. A tree doesn't know it. No other creation knows it. The star when it explodes and becomes a black hole, even it didn't know it. The only creation that's been given this ilm by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that death is eventual, inevitable for you, is insan. And that was the knowledge. That's the akal. Hmm? People say that insan is distinct because he was given an akal. Yes. He was given an akal to understand ilm of wahi, ilm of Qur'an, ilm of deen. He was supposed to fill that akal with the knowledge of Qur'an and sunnah. That's why he was given the akal. And that person whose akal is empty of the reality of his own death, he can't call such a person akal man. Tragic fool. Tragic fool. Hmm? And that is a tragedy, Allah Akbar, that ends in travesty. That is a tragedy that ends in eternal damnation, in eternal jahannam. Another ayah Allah said in Quran, Kullu nafsin Three times it's come in Quran. Three different ayat in Quran. Every single life, every soul, every self will taste death. And on the day of judgment, they will get their jaza. Saza and jaza. They will get their recompense. Some will get reward. Some will get punishment. They will have to face the consequences on that day of every single thing they did and said and thought and felt and wanted and desired. Every single thing will have a consequence. And they will have to face those consequences on that day of judgment. فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ and that person, and only that person, and every such person, man, who is saved from the fire of Jahannam, who gets salvation from the fire of Jahannam, jannata, and then is admitted and entered into Jannah, into the garden, into paradise, that person faqad faz. Faqad faz. Like Allah Ta'ala says in other places in Quran, faqad faz fawzan azima. That that person has succeeded. That person has attained true success, true achievement, true accomplishment. It's not to be found in this world. Al-Fawz, achievement, accomplishment, success is not to be found in this dunya. 
achievement, accomplishment, and sex, if it can be earned, that success will be earned on Yom Al-Qiyamah, on the Day of Judgment, by that person who is admitted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala into Jannah. And then Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ And what is the whole life of the world? Except mata' just mere stuff al-ghurur of deception and delusion. Every single thing is viewed by Allah Ta'ala in this world. All the finery, the haram in it and the halal in it. Every single thing in this world, even the halal and tayyib in it, when compared to the akhirah, is viewed by Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala as just delusion, deception, as just chattel, as nothing, as mata'ul ghurur. And that akhirah is called dar surur that is the abode of everlasting joy and bliss and happiness and felicity and success. And we don't want to trade that for this one. Then Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Aynama tukunu, that wherever you may happen to be, in whatever condition you may be, you may be the most illustrious, the most educated, the most literate, the most eloquent, the most achieved, the most accomplished, the highest status. Death will find you wherever you are. Death is the inescapable, inevitable reality of life. If you will, death is that single phenomenon that every single human has always agreed upon. <laughs> that same insan cannot agree on anything. Everyone agrees on the ultimate reality of death and the ultimate unknowability of death. And the ultimate unpredictability of death. And the ultimate inescapability of death. And then Allah Ta'ala even said in Quran, Balakuntum fi burujim mushayyada. Literally it means that even if you are in a high tower, buruj, high tower built up with strength, what does it mean that no matter how high and lofty a dunya you make for yourself, no matter how outwardly strong and everlasting, how many properties and endowments and accounts and how spread out your dunya is and how rooted your dunya is and how strong your dunya is and you think your dunya is unfading, that you have millions and trillions unfading, Allah says death will still find you. And death will pluck you out from that entire dunya and put you into the clutches of your grave. Allah SWT in Quran, this is the first sabak of deen Islam, then Allah Ta'ala says in another ayah of Qur'an, Qul, say my beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, proclaim to them, إِنَّ الْمَوْتَ الَّذِي تَفِرُّونَ مِنْهُ That indeed that death that you are trying to flee from it, you are trying to escape it. فَإِنَّهُ مُلَاقِيكُمْ It will event definitely find you. It will do mulaqat with you. You can say no them. Yes? It will definitely find you. That same death that you flee from, that same death you don't like to think about, you don't like to talk about, you don't like to remember, you don't like to prepare for. Hmm? That same death will ultimately, inevitably find you, will meet up with you. And then you will be sent back to who? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is Allah? Alimul ghaybi wa shahada. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that being who knows every single thing. Alimul ghayb. He knows everything that you thought you kept hidden in secret. 
everything that you tried to hide was shahada and everything that you did openly. Allah Ta'ala knows every single thing you will be sent in front of an Allah SWT like that. فَيُنَبِّئُكُمْ And then that same Allah SWT who is alim al-ghaybi wa shahada فَيُنَبِّئُكُمْ He will tell you, He will inform you بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ about each and every single thing that you used to do. It will be recounted to you by Allah SWT Himself what you did when you were alone, what you did at night, what type of thoughts you used to think, what type of desires your nafs used to have, what your wishes were, what your aspirations were, what your words were, what your actions were. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself will recount and inform each and every single thing. Allahu Akbar Kabira. So what does it mean? It means that in our deen, we should be preparing for death. Preparing for death. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this world, the entire universe and this planet and each and every one of us with a certain specific, limited, known, appointed set of time. No one is here in unlimited time. No one. Everyone's time is appointed. Everyone's time is set. Everyone's time is limited right down to the last breath. How many breaths each and every one of us will take is known by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is irrefutably part of His knowledge. Is unchangeable by any of us. That is how fixed and certain and inevitable our death is. And this life has been given us. Why? For one very simple reason. One beautiful reason. One beautiful purpose. And that is to live this life. Not to enjoy it. To live this life in a way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, if you can learn how to enjoy what is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you can put yourself through that training that will teach you to be pleased by what is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then you will have what we call nafs, what Allah ta'ala in Quran calls nafsul mutmainnah. Then you will actually enjoy life. <laughs> Everything that is enjoyable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be enjoyable to you. Everything that is pleasurable and pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleasurable and pleasing to you. Everything that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be displeasing to you. Such a nafs is called al-nafsul mutma'inna. That nafs that is absolutely mutma'in on deen, mutma'in on sharia, does not find deen and sharia a burden, does not find ibad the difficult, does not find amal salih a burden, does not find virtue and piety difficult is pleased with that, enjoys that more than they enjoy anything else, then that person will enjoy life. Yes, I will also tell you, although some of you who are new may not be able to appreciate this yet, the enjoyment that that person gets in this world is greater, infinitely greater than all of the unlawful pressures that people indulge with in this world. It's just a tragedy if a young mu'min has not experienced it. Hmm? How sad it is that we've tasted the pleasure of sin. We haven't tasted the pleasure of obedience. We know the pleasure of oversleeping. We don't know the pleasure of waking up early. Hmm? We know the pleasure of eating and drinking whatever we want. We don't know the pleasure of eating and drinking with thanks and gratefulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? Yes. We know the pleasure of harming someone, hurting someone, mocking someone, teasing someone. We enjoy it. We have no the pleasure of serving someone, helping someone, caring for someone. Hmm? 
آج کے نوجوان تو تنز تانے کے مزے کے واقف ہیں خدمت کے واقف کوئی نہیں they know how to bring tears to another person's eyes when was the last time they brought joy and a smile to a person's eyes hmm? when they had so many nitmats huh? so many bounties so many blessings for everyone in here there are hundreds out there who are more, less fortunate hundreds out there but the one who had everything in the world the one who ate whatever he wanted had AC and generator 24 hours hmm? The one who went to whatever college he wanted. The one who goofed off. Hmm? Yes. He couldn't care less about the one out there. He should have made himself that he could change the lives of all the hundreds. He couldn't even touch the heart of one on one day. Allah Fatman. Aap kis tis ka mazay aapko pata hai? Discontent leading your own happy-go-lucky lives. Hmm? And you assume you're going to live till 60 or 70 or 80 or 90. Hmm? Oh, you could be dying at 20, 25, 30. You have no way of knowing. You have no way of knowing. What are you going to show for yourself? Maybe you'll be on the next plane that crashes. Hmm? What will you have to show for yourself? What type of life will you have lived? Would there be any heart that you even touched you would make dua for you outside your blood relatives? Hmm? The Arabs used to have a poem That, oh young man, if you have not attained greatness by the age of 20 You will never achieve greatness at all hmm? Today's average Lahori 20 year old is struggling <laughs> well, Struggling to keep his room clean Struggling to wake up on time Struggling to even get passing grades at a most nominal level of educational institution As if you have unlimited time As if your life As if you will live forever You live in this world as if you're going to live forever Oh no, there's another world Which you are going to live forever You should live in this world as if you're going to live In that one forever Don't try to live in this world as if you're going to live In this one forever This is The difference between us and the atheist, the person who doesn't have iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's no concept of akhirah. For them, this is the world. This is it. Why do you copy them? They have a fundamental flaw in their understanding of the life of this world. Obviously, they will live this world to maximum life to the fullest. Obviously, for them, life is about life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Obviously, that's their approach to this world because they don't believe in any other world. How can you ape and Im- imitate and mimic them when you have a fundamental different understanding of this world? So the mu'min knows that in this world I have to work for my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If I work really well, Allah ta'ala will let me rest in the grave and then I will enjoy an akhirah. Yes, life comes down to these three things. Work, rest, and enjoy. Mu'min knows I work in this world for hukukullah, hukukul ibad, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah ta'ala's slaves. And I will then rest in the grave and then I will enjoy for all of akhirah. And if a person tries to change it, Allah hukmar. Hmm? What do they want? They want to enjoy in this world. Hmm? 
If they put the enjoyment, they pick it up from there and they put it here. Hmm? Then they will have to work in their grave. And they will rest in Jahannam. There's only two equations of life you have. Don't think that there's any way you can mix and match between these two. There are some things in this world that are black and white. Not everything in this world is supposed to be balanced. You're not supposed to be 50% Abu Bakr and 50% Abu Jahl. not supposed to be like that. You're supposed to be 100% Abu Bakr. There's no question of balance here. There's no balance between good and evil. Deen is that which teaches us that you're supposed to have strive your whole life for only and only good and you should try to have no evil, no sin. There's no question of balance. No question of balance in this type of thing. There's only two equations. Is there any balance if you say that there's a third akhirah that's kind of like Jannah and kind of like Jahannam? So because my life on earth was kind of like Jannah and kind of like Jahannam, I also have a place for me. Huh? There's no place like that. Huh? There's no akhirah like that. There's a Jannah and there's a Jahannam. You can live the life of Jannati on earth or you can live a life of Jahannami on earth. There's no third option because there's no third outcome. Everyone can look into their own heart and their own life and reflect and think themselves, what type of life am I living? If I were to die on the way home today, where would I end up? Hmm? If I were to die tonight before midnight, where would I be going? Am I holding in my pocket right now a one-way ticket to Jannah or am I holding in my pocket right now a one-way ticket to Jahannam? Hmm? You have to ask yourself that question now. Right now. If you don't answer that question for yourself and if you don't try to change your ticket, then the same answer you give today will be the same answer you give tomorrow will be the same answer you give next year. Just look at your past. The same answer you would give today, it's the same one you would have given a month ago. It's the same one you would have given one year ago. It's the same one you would have given two years ago. So the passing of time is not affecting your answer. You'll give the same answer ten years from now. You're going to have to do something to change. To change your life. To make it in such a way that you have a hope, a dream, a chance, an aspiration, a yearning for Jannah. So in this world, another example that our Mashaikh give, and Allah Ta'ala actually uses in Quran, is this world is like tithing and farming. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran that that person who wishes to tithe and harvest hmm, the Akhirah, and Allah Ta'ala will give him the Akhirah and the dunya. And that person who wants to try to sow and reap the dunya, Allah Ta'ala will give him minha, he will give him part of that dunya, but he will not have any nasib, any share in the akhirah. Nothing. It's in Quran. That that person who works for dunya alone will get nothing in akhirah. Nothing. I can give you another example. When you plant one tree, you cannot get the fruit of another. You cannot put all of your effort into one type of tree, but expect the fruit of the other one. It's not possible. If you put all your effort planting the apple tree, you cannot expect to get a mango. If a person puts all of their effort in the tree of the dunya, how can they expect to get the fruits of the akhirah? This won't be possible. 
The only way it will be possible to get the fruits of the Akhirah is to put effort in planting the tree of the Akhirah. It's up to us. It's just a choice. That's the choice Allah subhanahu wa gave us. Whether we want to obey Him or disobey Him. We want to please Him, we want to displease Him. We want to be pious, we want to sin. Whatever our choice is, we will face the consequences of that choice in the Akhirah. And no matter how much a person lives, life is very short. Even the young men and women should realize that. One in a million people may live even to be a hundred. Otherwise, Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam said in a hadith that the age of my ummah is between 60 and 70 years old. What does that mean? That's the gross average. There will be one in a million who die when they're a hundred. There will be some who die right in childbirth. Right? If you average it out, the average age of this ummah, Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam mentioned that Allah Ta'ala decreed the average age of this ummah between 60 and 70. So let's take 65. So that means those of us, myself and 10-20% of us, <laughs> we're already in the second half. We're past 32. What does it mean, second half? So our mashaykh used to give the example of the day. And when you enter the second half of the day, it means the end of Zuhr, Asr time, then you feel the day is waning, the day is fading, right? And if nothing else, you will definitely experience this inshallah in Ramadan, hmm? that after Asr, you know Maghrib is very near. Hmm? Once the day is fading, you know that sunset is just around the corner. So anybody who has crossed 30, 35 years old, let alone 40s and 50s, they should feel that death is impending. Death is imminent. Death is right around the corner. I'm living in the asr of my life. And even those of you who are 20, 25, you've hit the zohar of your life. That's where you are. What does that mean? Uh, I'll give you an example that you understand. When you wake up on Sunday, mashallah, at 1 p.m., right? And you realize that the whole morning is gone. The whole morning is gone. And if ever any of you, sometimes for an exam, when you take that exam at 8 a.m. and you walk out at 9 and you're a bit surprised at what to do, because you've never really been awake at 9 a.m., so you're walking around, you're thinking, I've even done an exam. <laughs> I actually even woke up, got ready, studied last minute, and came to campus, and did an exam. I did all of that, and it's just 9 a.m. <laughs> right? And then you wonder, yes, that's the morning that you missed. If you're in your early 20s, you've hit your zohar of your life. And if a person doesn't take it seriously, before you know it, Asr and Maghrib are also right around the corner. Right around the corner. So we have to prepare for death as much as possible. As much as possible. As much as possible. I'll give you another example. That when a person wakes up in the morning, they make the list Either they make it on their paper, or they make it on their phone, or they make it in their mind, right? What they have to do. If you go to that same person around Asr time, hmm, Parashan is worried. There's so many things I wanted to do, planned on doing, I didn't get them done. He's scrambling, hmm? scrambling. But before the day ends, let me get this done. Or when you grow up and you work, those of you are going to work in corporate jobs, that's the way a corporate life is. When you walk in, you have so many things to do. By the time it hits 3, 4, 5 p.m., you're scrambling. I mean, those of us who are in our 30s and 40s, we should be scrambling. 
We should be working for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Just like that person who starts working at 3, 4, 5 p.m. Worried that the day is about to end. Being prepared for death doesn't mean any particular specific exercise that you will do every day. No. Being prepared for death means leading a life, an entire life that will be preparing you for death. Because the example of the Day of Judgment isn't going to be one question or one multiple choice answer. It's going to be an entire life that will be examined. So the only way to prepare for death is to live an entire life. Some way the Mashaikh and Ulama have tried to explain it to us in simple terms. Hukukullah and Hukukul Ibad. Your whole life should be such that you fulfill with virtue, nobility, excellence, beauty, all of Hukukullah. Allah Ta'ala's rights over you, whether it's ibadah, whether it's taqwa, whether it's haya, whether it's sabr, whether it's shukr, whether it's tawakkul, whether it's khawf and khashiya, whether it's muhabba and ishq, all of Allah Ta'ala's rights over you, yaqeen and iman, and Hukukul ibad which means the kindness, gentleness, compassion, help, caring for those who you interact with in your life. All of that is the way to prepare for death. And for the past, a person has to leave sin and make toba for all of their previous sins. That's a topic we've explained to you many, many times about toba, How to wipe away your past sins, delete your past sins, Repent and renounce from all of your sins. And a young man should make toba every single day. Every single day. Because although, yes, we've already pointed out that by 20 and 25 still haven't earned the akhirah. But I'm amazed at the young age of 20 and 25 what a mountain of sins some of us have managed to earn. Allahu Akbar. Instead of being able to say I'm age 25, and I've prayed thousands of fajrs. The boy is 25, he has missed thousands of fajrs. Instead of being able to say that I'm 25, I've lowered my gaze hundreds of thousands of times. Instead, he's walking around with this mountain of sin, I've misused my gaze hundreds of thousands of times. Instead of at the age of 25 being able to say that I've thousands of thoughts of Allah SWT, instead he's walking around at that young age, with a mountain of thousands and tens of thousands of impure thoughts. Allah Akbar. Allah Akbar. Mountains of sin. Make tawbah every single day. Sayyidina Rasulullah taught that a person should make istighfar 100 times a day. 100 times a day. Astaghfirullah. I seek the forgiveness of Allah. Rabbi, my Rabb who throughout my life of sin still took care of me, my caretaking Rabb, my kind Rabb, my generous Rabb, my nourishing Rabb, my providing Rabb, min kulli bin from every single sin in that mountain I have on my back, wa atubu ilay, and I turn away from those sins, and I turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hundred times a day. Hundred times a day. Will help a person. Help a person prepare for their death. Allah Akbar. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is great.
you can bring death to the most healthy of people. Yes. <laughs> That's a separate thing. That many people, the sabab by which they die may be an illness, may be a protracted illness, may be a sickness, may be old age, but don't be deluded. Allah Ta'ala is great. He can bring death to the most healthiest of people. And He does it every day. Yes. He does it every single day. He can bring death to the most happy person. Yes. He can bring death to the most carefree person. Yes. He can bring death to the most idle person. He can bring death to the most lazy person. He can give death to the most dynamic person. And He does it every single day. Allah Akbar Kabeera. Allah Subhanahu is great. Allah Subhanahu is great. And you know, when we are preparing for a journey, hmm? this death is a journey towards the Akhirah. And look in this world, whenever a person makes a journey, they have to be prepared. Even a good journey. Even if I told any one of you that right now, the second the bayan ends, just assume it's that time of the year, the second the bayan ends, I'll send you straight for Hajj. Even that, you say, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not packed. I have certain things to do. I need to wind up certain things. I have some loose ends that need to be tied up. Hmm? You're not even ready to make any instant journey. Oh, death is the journey of an instant. Death is a journey that instantaneously transports a person, plucks them and instantly sends them without any prior warning, without any preparation time, without any winding things up, without any tying up loose ends. Instant journey. Instant journey. When you travel in this world, in Taqal, when you move from one place to the other, so what do you do when you move? You try to take your stuff along with you. You take your belongings with you. It depends. The shorter the distance, the more you'll be able to take. And the greater the distance, the less you'll be able to take. If you move from one neighborhood in Lahore to another neighborhood in Lahore, you'll fill up trucks and take all of your belongings. If you move from Lahore to Karachi, you'll get rid of about one-third of your belongings. And maybe you'll take two-thirds of your belongings. If you move to a nearby country... Maybe you may ship hmm? one or two big trunks or ten trunks. Hmm? If you move to another continent, we ship you off to California, you'll take two suitcases with you. Two 50-pound suitcases, and that'll be your move. So the further the distance, the less you will be able to take. When you move to Akhira, you get one piece of luggage. Yes. When you move to Akhira, Everyone is allowed one piece. It's the same piece. It's called your book of deeds. You just go in that little carry-on baggage of your book of deeds. And that's how you will enter the grave. And that's what you will have all the time throughout all of the stages. Nothing else in this world will go with you. Nothing. Nothing. None of the money in the accounts. None of the degrees on the wall. Nothing. Only those things that made it into our book of deeds, that one piece will go with us. No, how important then, how important that we should work on that book of deeds. Some of you may have heard many times we explain it to you like this, that you have to get busy writing your book of deeds for yourself. 
Otherwise, nafs and shaitan will write it for you. Every day of your life is a page in your book of deeds. Either you write some good lines there yourself, or even if you're just lazy and leave the pen, your nafs will pick up the pen and will start writing for you. Yes. Shaitan will dictate your book of deeds for you if you don't try to write it yourself. Then Allah SWT said in Quran, Allah Akbar, deep ayah, If Allah SWT was to punish people due to their sins and their injustices, then Allah SWT would not leave on the surface of this earth a single living creature. There would not be one single creature left on this earth if Allah SWT decided to punish people because of their sins. However, what did Allah SWT do? يُؤَخِّرُهُمْ إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى Allah SWT leaves them. Leaves them for a set and appointed time. فَإِذَا جَاءَ أَجْلُهُمْ And when that appointed and set time comes, لَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ They will not be able to delay it for one second, nor will they be able to bring it forward for one second. There will be no alarm that's going to go off before you're going to die. It is going to enable a person to prepare. Then Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, إِنَّ اللَّهَ إِنَّهُ إِلْمُسَّاءَ That to Allah Subhanahu belongs alone the knowledge of the end of time. As-sa'a means the hour and the end. وَيُنَزِّلُ الْغَيْثَ وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ And Allah Subhanahu sends down rain and He knows what is inside the wombs. وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ مَا ذَا تَقْسِبُ غَدًا No one even knows what tomorrow will bring. Literally, no one knows what they will do tomorrow, what they will earn tomorrow. We don't even have certain knowledge about tomorrow. And no one even knows where they will die. No one knows where they will die. But Allah Taala is all-knowing, all-informed, all-aware. Reminds me, our Shaykh sometimes tells a story when he's trying to explain to people how to prepare for death. That once there was a village, very poor village, and a body washed up on the shores of the river, all bloated and swollen because it had been days and days in the water. So they dragged the body out, and no one in the village could recognize that body. Up now, because it's our deen, you have to pray janazah. And bury that body. So where did they do? Right? And we always tell people, Vesavi, Moth ke vakna, Molvi kaam aata hai. Na, na, na. Ye zindagi mein bhi Molvi kaam aata hai. By the time you come to him as a dead body, it's too late for us. When you come to us as a dead body, maybe we can wash your body. We won't be able to wash your sins. Ya ki galat femi hai. Ki sirf moth ke vakna, Molvi kaam aata hai. Ya ki intahai bhi vakufi hai. Hmm? So they dragged that body up and they took it to the masjid. Well, they took it to the masjid now because this was a poor area. 
So they had to actually do sadaqah, raise charity to buy the kafan. Because they're so poor, they cannot even afford kafan. One namaz, second namaz, after doing elan on loudspeaker. Those of you who go in rural areas may know that this is what they do. They make an alan on the loudspeaker. After three salah, they were able to get enough money to buy a kafan cloth, burial cloth, for that body. Then they wash that body. They wrap that body in the cloth. And few people prayed janazah on it. And few people went and they laid that body to ground. And then, few days later, one of them saw in the newspaper picture of a rich tycoon, landowner, who had gone missing. And they saw the picture of that face, they realized that Yitavoy, <laughs> this was that same corpse. And they found out that that rich tycoon landowner who had sons was murdered in some dispute and thrown in the river. And the river carried him for days all the way down to the small village. Abu Subhanallah kabhi socha hoga ki jab main marunga mere itne naujawan bete hain har ek ko maine do do teen teen business diye har ke naam ke do do teen teen factory lagaye aur main se koi ek bhi nahi hoga mere itne zameen hain itne serfs feudal landlord came and told so many serfs and peasants have kept pata nahi kitne log mere janaze mein aayenge koi ek bhi nahi aaya unke janaze mein could you ever thought that he would die in such a way, such a rich man, that in kafan bhi chanda se unko kafan milega. Chanda wala kafan se unko dafnaya jayega. He would have never in his life imagined such a thing. Hmm? Allah is Allah. Allah is Allah. Allah. One great waliullah used to say that, Oh friend, you may be out on some festival occasion, merry-making, joyful celebration, Little do you know that the cloth for your coffin has already arrived in the bazaar. Yes. आपको क्या पता कि जिस थान का आपका कफन का कफरा बनना है, आपकी मौत उसी दिन लिखी है, वो थान बाजार में पहुंच चुका है. It's unknown. No one knows. وَمَا تَدْرِي نَسْنْ بِأَيِّ أَرْضٍ تَمُوتِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ أَلِيمٌ خَبِيرٌ I'll give you another way to understand. Everyone in this building today is going to die. There will be somebody in this building who is going to be the first one of us to die. No one of us knows. No one here knows. But I guarantee you that in this building there is one person right now Sitting among us, who will be the very first of us to die. Yes, you should think it's you. Yes, why do you think it's necessarily someone else? You should think it's you. You should live your life as if it's you. I'll tell you another thing. In about 80 years time, maybe even earlier than that, Maybe 60 years, but certainly within 80 years, every single person here today will be dead. Every single one of us will be dead. In fact, I can say in about 80 years time, barring minor exceptions, every single one of the 8, 9, 10, however many million people live in Lahore, every single one will be dead. Every single one. 
You should think of death, the magnitude of death. So that it has an impact on you. All these people that you drive by on the way here, everyone that you pass by on the way home, some within a day, some within a week, some within a month, some within a year, every single one on the surface of this earth called Lahore, within 80 years, every single one will be buried under the ground. Me and you included. Every single one. No Akbar. I remember our Shaykh once explained it this way. He used to say when I was young, because again in the rural areas they make these announcements on the masjid speaker. He says, when I was young there would be an Elan that so and so had died. And my father would tell me that, oh, that was my teacher in school. And then as I grew older there would be announcements that people died. And my father would tell me that, oh, that was my classmate in school. And then as I grew even older I would hear announcements that people died. And my father would say, oh, that's my student from when I teach in school. And then he said, then the day came when my father's own announcement came from that masjid. And I heard an announcement that my own father died. Then again the announcement starts. And my brother said, that, oh, that was our father's student in school. Then again announcements came. Then my brother, older brother used to say, oh, those are my classmates in school. Then again announcements used to come and my brother used to say, oh, those are my stu- father's students from school. And then again announcements used to come. My brother used to say, oh, those are my students in school. And then one day the announcement came that my oldest brother also died. Everyone is going to die. Everyone is going to die. So we should think that way of ourselves. And my father's friends, my father's elders, my father's colleagues, my father's juniors, my brother's elders, my brother's colleagues, my brother's juniors, my elders, my colleagues, and ultimately me. <laughs> ultimately a person should think that I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So we should be prepared, prepared for the Akhirah. Prepared for death. Once young men from Ansar, these young Sahaba, hmm? young men from Ansar, young men from Medina Manara, who came to Sayyidina Rasulullah, he saw some Makkah Makarama accepted Iman, and then they would invite the Prophet and all Sahaba to join them in Medina. So these young men from Ansar, they asked the Prophet their newly found Prophet, they asked him that who is the wisest of all men? And Sayyidina Rasulullah, he saw some responded to those young men of the Ansar, he said, the wisest of all men is the one who remembers death the most and the one who is most prepared for it. This is our advice of our Nabi Kareem sallallahu to the youth of the Ansar. That the wisest man is the one who remembers death the most and who is the most prepared for it. Most prepared for it. No hukmah. And we're so obsessed with this world. My life, my position, my house, my job, my car, my watch. None of it is mine. None of it. None of it is yours. It's nothing, nothing will go with you. Nothing. Nothing will go with you. Yes, they're my deeds, my actions, my words, my sins. These are the things that are ours. Nobody likes to talk like that. You can say the word my stuff and my money a hundred times. How easy is it to say my sins? 
my disobedience, my disloyalty, my betrayals. That's what's really mine. That's what's really ours. Every single step we take is a step towards our grave. Every step we take is a step towards either heaven or hell. In fact, it comes in a day, Sayyidina Rasulullah said that a person's grave, that piece of earth where that person is eventually going to be buried, calls out to a person every single day. In one riwayah, 70 times a day it calls out to that person. And what does it say that, O person, I am the abode of darkness. I am the house of loneliness. That's what it says to them. O person, I am the house of loneliness. I am the house of darkness. And we are not be able to hear its call from these ears. But Sayyidina Rasulullah told us. <laughs> so we should feel like that. Hmm? Every day I'm getting a call. I have 70 missed calls from my cupboard every single day. Hmm? Oh, and one day I'm going to have to pick up the phone. Nay, <laughs> Yes. Allah Akbar. Deep words. I am the house of loneliness. I am the abode of darkness. This is except for those people hmm? who actually bring so much nur in their life. So much nur and a'mal in their book of deeds that when they enter into their grave, that life they lived expands their grave. That life they live makes their grave a nur. That life that they live makes their grave. What Sayyidina Rasulullah said, Rodatum min riyad al-Jannah makes their grave a garden from the gardens of Jannah. Yes, there be some people who they live such a life like that. That's what they bring to them inside that house of loneliness and darkness. Oh, wouldn't we want to be one of those people? Hmm? Wouldn't we want to be one of those people? So we should prepare for our death. Nothing can let us escape our death. If might and power and rule could let a person escape their death, for all would have escaped death. If money and wealth and riches could make a person escape death, Karun would have escaped death. If beauty would have enabled a person to escape death, Sayyidina Yusuf would have escaped death. If wisdom and intelligence would have enabled a person to escape death, Luqman al-Hakim would have escaped death. Hmm? Nothing, nothing that a person has can enable them to escape death. The difference between us and the unbeliever is as follows. And our Sheikh used to explain this, give an example of three brothers who at the airport. One of the brother is crying and the other brother is smiling. Why? Because brother one, he's about to leave and he's about to travel to some far away continent. Brother two is crying because he's saying, I'm never going to see my brother again. And brother three is smiling. Why? Because he says, I have a flight next week to the same place. And I'll be joining my brother a week from now. So he's happy. He's smiling. This is the way our deen has taught us. You see, for the unbeliever, the amount of grief they should feel over death of a close one is phenomenal. Because for them it's over. For them death has led to a separation where there will never be a meeting again after that. But for the believer, 
everyone is going. Everyone is going. We all have flights booked for us. We all have the visa of death stamped on our passport. We're all sitting in the waiting lounge of life. Somebody's flight will come sooner, somebody's flight will come later. So yes, in our deen, we are taught to mourn and be sad for those of our beloveds who die for up to three days. But then after that, the heart of a mu'min has a certainty, a yakin, that it's not a separation. It's a temporary separation. And I'm also going to the same place that they're going. Same place that they're going. But no one in this world can ever, ever stop death. So now we want to end with a couple of passages from Quran al-Kareem. So you can see the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the way, the hope that He has given us. Because at the end there is a hope. And at the end of all of this remembrance of death, preparation of akhirah, making tawbah for our sins, at the end of all of that Allah Ta'ala also wants that a person should have what is called in Arabic raja, a person should have umid, a person should be hopeful in the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, a person should be hopeful of a good outcome and a good akhirah when they die. But in this world, and especially in youth, as what our ulama have taught, that the younger person should be more scared of death, should have more fear, and the older person should have more hope. The younger person should have more fear, and the older person should have more hope. And especially when a young person passes away, that it is a sign, sign an ibrat, a sign for other young men. So we had one of our very dear students, young man, 18 years old, passed away a couple of weeks ago. 18, probably younger than I'd say almost all of you here, because all of you seem to be 19, 20, 23, 25 or older. Hmm? So you should take it as an ibrat. You should take it as a sign. Because even if you're a young man, nothing can stop you from dying. Nothing. Even the love of a mother cannot stop her baby from dying. Allah is Allah. Nothing can stop a person from dying. And when that person is on their deathbed, hmm, then one by one people come up to them. Hmm? The daughter comes up and she says, Oh my father, hmm? say something to me. Respond to me. I was your daughter. I was playing with you. اب ہر وقت مجھے پکارتے تھے ہر وقت میری بات کا جواب دیتے تھے اب ابو آپ کچھ بات تو کریں مجھ سے میری بات کے کچھ جواب تو دیں نو ریسپانس نو ریسپانس اب شی گوز اوے نیکسٹ پرسن کمس سسٹر کمس یہ میرے بھائی میں آپ کی بہن ہوں بہنا میں آپ کی بہن ہوں ہم بچپن کے دوست تھے اب ہر بات مجھے بتاتے تھے اب مجھے بتائیں آپ کو کون سی تکلیف ہے میں اس تکلیف کو دور کر لوں گی مجھے کچھ بات کریں مجھے سمجھائیں آپ ناراض ہیں میں آپ کو منواؤں گی میں آپ کی بیوی ہوں میں آپ کی زندگی کے ساتھی ہوں 
آپ ہر راز مجھے بتاتے تھے میں آپ کی سکون تھی آپ مجھے بتائیں کہ آپ کو کیا ہوا ہے کوئی تکلیف ہو مجھے بتائیں میں ڈاکٹر کو بلاتی ہوں آپ ناراض ہیں میں آپ کو منواتی ہوں مجھے معاف کر لیں نو رسپانس مدر کمس میرے پتر میرے بیٹا میرے جان تھے آپ میرے جگر کے ٹکڑے تھے آپ کو کیا ہو گیا بیٹا آپ مجھے بتائیں تو صحیح آپ کیوں نہیں بول رہے آپ سب کے کیوں جواب نہیں دے رہے آپ اپنی بہن کا کیوں جواب نہیں دے رہے آپ ناراض ہو گئے آپ کو کیا ہو گیا ہے میں آپ کی ماں ہوں میں آپ کے پاؤں پکڑتی ہوں ماں بھی معافی پر آ جائے گی ماں بھی منوانے پر آ جائے گی اس ماں کی محبت بھی موت کو نہیں روک سکتی مرنا ہے سب نے مرنا ہے کوئی اس موت سے نہیں نکل سکتا کتنے مائیں کتنے والدین اس والد کے دل پر کیا گزرتا ہوتا کہ اپنے دو جوان لڑکے کو اپنے ہاتھ سے خود دفنانا پڑے اس باپ کے درد کو بھی موت کو نہیں روک سکتا موت نے آنا ہے سب پر آنا ہے موت آ جاتی ہے اسی وقت آپ دیکھ رہے ہو کہ موت اس پر تاڑی آ رہا ہے And if that person is from amongst the companions of the right hand, فَسَلَامٌ لَكَ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ الْيَمِينَ Then he will get salam from all of the أَصْحَابِ الْيَمِينَ Means all of the righteous people who have passed 
they will all be saying salam to that person when that person's soul is taken. This is what it means to die a good death. To die a death in such a way that all of the virtuous people in the past say salam to that person when they are in the clutches of death. To die in such a way that Allah's promise of reward and jannah and happiness and bliss come on such a person. And then there are some special people in this world whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the rank of shahada. Yes, some who have been given the rank of shahada. Whether because they gave their life for the deen of Islam or whether they were slain or were victims of an injustice. Allah Ta'ala says about such people in Quran, وَلَا تُكُولُوا لِمَنْ يُكْتَلُوا Don't ever say regarding that person who was slain في سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ in the path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala أَمْوَات Don't even call them dead. بَلْ أَحْيَا But instead you should say that they're a living. وَلَكِنْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ However, you are not able to perceive it, you are not aware of it. And then Allah Ta'ala mentions what is this whole purpose of life. So last two ayahs of Qur'an, then what did Allah want to say in Qur'an? وَلَنَّبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوْئِ And Allah says and we will test you with something of fear and hunger. It means some type of worry, anxiety. Hunger means any type of want or need. Something that you wanted, you didn't get it. Something you needed, you didn't get it. Any type of lack. We will test you with some type of worry and some type of lack. مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ whether it is pertaining to wealth or goods or possessions, while anfus or even in lives, and even lives or relatives that you use, or thamarati, and Allah Ta'ala will even test you in the thamarat, means the fruit of your own efforts, that you might put in the effort and you may find the result lacking. You may put in the effort and get nothing. All of that is a test from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. But Allah Ta'ala says that who will have the glad tidings? Those who overcame this test, no. Those who were successful in the test, no. Simply the sabirin, those who were patient, who remained on sabr, who were patient and had fortitude and perseverance, who remained in their pleasure with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They remained pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. musiba. That there were those people who are the sabirin, that when any difficulty afflicts them, قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ What does it mean? They remember their death. What does it mean? It's not a sentence for you to erupt. It means that whenever any difficulty affects them, they remember their death and dying. They remember that we have come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَإِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ And that we are going to return towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what they remember. This is what gives them sabr. This is what gives them that patience and fortitude and strength in their heart. They remember Allah. They remember that they are min Allah. They are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They remember they are going ilallah. They are going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They make Allah ta'ala the be all and end all of their life. That person who has made Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the be all and end all of his or her life. They become amongst the sabirin. And then what does Allah Ta'ala say about them in Quran? أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمًا Allahu Akbar. That these people, in the time of difficulty, they remembered Allah. In the time of difficulty, they remembered their death and dying and return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah Ta'ala will send His salawat on them. His salawat. 
same Allah inna Allah wa malaikatu yusalluna ala nabi same Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran that he sends salawat and Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah Ta'ala is saying in the Quran that he sends salawat on such people who deal with their worry and adversity with sabr warahmah and that Allah Ta'ala sends his mercy on them if they had sabr Allah Ta'ala's mercy will forgive them for their sins and they are those people who are rightly following the hidayah those people who receive and follow hidayah and then in surah rahman long passage of quran amazing surah rahman amazing one passage which is somewhere in the middle of the surah where allah subhanahu mentions blessing after blessing in jannah Bounty after bounty in Jannah. Every time saying, That which of the bounties and blessings and favors and graces of your Rabb can you deny? Yes. Allah <laughs> Allah Ta'ala ginwaare ke nume ne ta'ap ke liye ye bhi tiyar kiya hai ye bhi rakha hai ye bhi aapko dene chahta hu aap is lutf lazib ke piche jaane mein aapko ye dena chahta hu ye dena chahta hu ye dena chahta hu fa bi ayya adha irabbikuma tukadhiban and then when Allah Ta'ala ends this whole passage in Surah Rahman, talking about the bounties and blessings that He's going to give, then Ar-Rahman, Allah Akbar, shows His mercy. He says, هَلْ جَزَاءُ الْإِحْسَانِ إِلَّا الْإِحْسَانِ Allah Akbar, Ya Allah, Your bounties and blessings and ni'mat, they are worthy to be called Ihsan. Are minor good deeds in this world, you're calling them Ihsan? Allah Ta'ala uses the, He's equating. Allah Ta'ala kehre ki mein aapki neki ki itne kadar karta hoon ki kya aapki nekiyon ko bhi mein ehsan thiraunga aur mere abdi, daimi, akhirat mein hameshya ki rahmate aur nehmate mein unko bhi ehsan hi thiraunga. Aur mein kehaunga mein aapko badla hi de raha. Aapki neki mujhe itne achhi lagti hai. Aapki neki barabar aur mere jannat mein Daim, daim, abadi, nimitim, brabat. This is what Allah Ta'ala has done in Quran. Allah Akbar. Hal jazaul ahsan illa la ahsan fa bi ayya ala irabbikumatukal tiba. Kitne kareem parvardaga. Kitne azim parvardaga. Kitne hamsim muhammad karnevali parvardaga. Ham kune yasi rabkili atamam gunao kuchorde. ऐसे रब को राजी करने के लिए अपनी पूरी जिंदगी गुजारें उस रब की रजा कि हम एक तरफ हो एक तलब हो एक चाहत हो एक चस्का हो ही शुड हैव अ अनक्वेंचेबल थर्स्ट इनसेशिएबल डिजायर टू प्लीज अल्लाह सुभान तआला दैट सेम अल्लाह सुभान तआला हु हैड अनक्वेंचेबली ट्राइंग टू प्लीज यू फॉर ऑल ऑफ इटर्निटी सेम अल्लाह सुभान तआला टू वी मेक दुआ टू अल्लाह सुभान तआला that He prepare each and every one of us for our akhirah. That He enable us to remember death each and every single day. That He make us die in such a way that we are raised up from this world. That we are smiling upon Him. And that He is smiling upon us. 
وآخر الدعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين Before we make dua I'm going to teach you some daily dhikr adhkar daily amal that if you do these five things every single day it will keep you on track keep you focused towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it will keep you taking steps towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you do these five things every day you will remember death every day if you do these five things every day they will prepare you for the akhirat every day and this is that golden recipe that our mashayikh have given us daily ma'mulat daily dhikr adhkar Number one is daily recitation of Qur'an, tilawati Qur'an. Every single day you have to read Qur'an. The knowledge of Qur'an, you will have to get by studying tarjumat tafsir from the ulama of Qur'an. That's a big process. Inshallah ta'ala will also let you know. Alhamdulillah, last year we were able to do tafsir of half of the Qur'an. This year, if Allah Ta'ala gives us life and health and strength, inshallah, we plan to teach you the next second half of Qur'an. We've given our Shaban and Ramadan to Lahore, inshallah. So, knowledge of Qur'an, you will have to get from that. But the nur of Qur'an, the nur of Qur'an, you get from reading Arabic Qur'an yourself. And don't underestimate that nur. Don't underestimate the power of that nur. This is called Tilawat Qur'an. Those men and women who have extra time should try to read one juz, one para a day. Those who have less time, they should try to make half a juz, half a para a day. Those who find that difficult should make that their goal, but start with something less. Start with one quarter para, start with three rukus, start with one ayah. Whatever level you're on, you should start with something, but you should feel that no day of mine should be without Qur'an. تاکہ قیامت کے دن جب اللہ تعالیٰ کی سامنا پیش ہو تو آپ کہہ سکتے ہیں کہ اللہ تعالیٰ کا میرے نام عمال کو کوئی روز گناہ سے خالی نہیں میرا کوئی روز تیرے قرآن سے بھی خالی نہیں یہ قرآن اس وقت بڑا کام آئے گا جب آپ اس وقت اس کو پڑھیں گے سیکنڈ از ٹو ریسائٹ استغفار ہنڈریڈ ٹائمز اے ڈے استغفر اللہ ربی من کل ذنبی و اتوبو الی وتھ فیلنگ With feeling, not to roll off hundred beats. No, with feeling. Feeling is what? Feeling of remorse, feeling of shame, feeling of regret, feeling of fear. Khawfi khuda, khashiyate ilahi, feeling of being scared of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to bring that fear inside your heart. That fear will save you from doing sin in the future. And you should feel the fear over the sins we did in the past. You can make istighfar over a particular sin. You can make it over a group of sins. Allah Ta'ala, I ask your forgiveness for all the sins I ever did due to which I couldn't wake up for fajr. Allah Ta'ala, I tamam gunao se aap se maafi maangta hum jiski wajah se aap aad subah mera chera ne dekhna chaate thai. Allah Ta'ala, I tamam gunao se aap se maafi maangta hum jiski wajah se aad mujhe falaan par ghussa chan gaya tha. Yes, you can make istighfar over a whole feeling. Allah Ta'ala, I ask your forgiveness for the whole feeling of unlawful lust that I have. I ask your forgiveness for the whole feeling of envy that I have. I ask you if it's forgiveness for the whole feeling of kibir that I have. You can make istighfar. Allah Ta'ala, I ask your forgiveness for the whole feeling of unlawful lust that I have. 
جس کے کرنے کی وجہ سے مجھے عبادت کی لذت محسوس نہیں ہوتی مجھے ان تمام گناہوں سے معافی مانگتا ہوں جن کے کرنے کی وجہ سے آپ کو قرب کا احساس نہیں ہوتا آپ قرآن میں کہتے فنی قریب کیا مجھ سے قریب ہے اور مجھے آپ کو قرب کا احساس نہیں رہا محمد اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم but with feeling 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 yes you rasmi taur padne se fayda nahi hoga aapko sawab milega magar dili fayda nahi hoga sawab milega aap jaise bhi padhe but it won't have a life changing effect on you unless you say it with feeling <coughs> Those people that you hear about, that they say we used to recite through thousand times a day, ten thousand times a day, it was tazkiyah for them because they did it with feeling. And today somebody rasmi torpar does it, they get the sawab for it, but it's not going to change their heart because they don't do it with feeling. They don't do it with feeling. So a hundred times a day but with feeling. What is the feeling? Number one is the feeling that you're reminding yourself that you're an ummati of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You can even merge these two. Remember that time you sinned and remember the fact that you were an ummati during that sin. Usi waqt jab aapne guna kiya, usi waqt bhi aap ashadwanna Muhammad Rasul ke manne wale bande te. Think like that. You should think, forget what you may look like right now, you should imagine that I was wearing the uniform of being an ummati when I sinned. You know like a policeman when he's in uniform, he can't think of doing a crime because everybody sees him. In the uniform, when he's off duty in civilian clothes, maybe he may do something, run a red light, right? You should think that when I did that sin, I was wearing the uniform. Allah Ta'ala viewed me as an ummati, because I'm a person of ummat Mustafa Sallallahu Remind yourself. And whether a person has any physical uniform yet or not, just the fact that you said, Ashadwanna Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu gave you a uniform. You became ummati. That's your identity. That's who you are now. To remind yourself of who you are. And who is that? To feel that you are the follower of a prophet. You have to feel it. Otherwise many young men, same thing, weeks go by, months go by, older men also. They completely forgot that we are the people of the Nabi. We are the Azim Nabi. Imam Al-Anbiya, Sayyid Al-Anbiya, Nabi Al-Anbiya, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We are the people ان کے پیروکار ہیں تو پیروکاری کا کچھ انداز ہوگا اس کی کچھ طریقہ ہوگا So to say it with feeling. Another feeling is feeling of love. You have to increase in your love for Sayyidina Rasulullah That young man who doesn't love the Prophet or who thinks loving the Prophet means going in some crazy jalsa and burning tires in Mal Road, SNA. No. 
real love for the Prophet real love, heartfelt love, real love. If you don't feel that love for your Prophet you won't yearn to be with him in the Akhirah, right? If you really would love the Prophet you would want to be in his Jannah, that's called Jannah al That's what you would want, because every lover wants to live near their beloved. If you love the Prophet more, you will want Jannah al When you start wanting Jannah al then you will stop a lot of the things that you do. So three things so far, Talawat Quran, Istighfar and Darut Salawat. Fourth thing is that whenever you are not doing Ibadah, which is most of the time, you are in school, college, university, job, internship, family gathering, friends, driving, on the plane, oh, wherever you are, anytime you're not doing Ibadah, at that time also to keep trying to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Try to think some thoughts about Allah ta'ala in the background. Try to keep your heart warm with some feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the background. And this one you have to do thousands of times a day. Yes, now we explain it to you in a new way. This one you have to do thousands of times a day. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times day and night. Remind your heart about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Never let yourself forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Keep on reminding, reminding, reminding. Then your heart will start remembering. Then comes a day when your heart will start reminding you. Yes, that's what happens to a young man. They want him to look at something. The heart reminds them of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They look down. You don't have that ability yet. You have let your heart become numb. You let your heart fall asleep. Some of you let your heart go dead. So it can't remind you. When in English they call a conscience. It's your qalb. In Quranic Arabic it's your qalb. And if you don't have it, you've got to regain it. You've got to get it back. So keep reminding your heart to feel feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Keep reminding your mind to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time thinking about Allah. Allah ta'ala is looking at me, Allah ta'ala is with me, He's aware of me, He's being kind to me, He's forgiving my faults, He's concealing my faults in front of everyone. All of the time. And fifth thing is to make a very special zikr. Very powerful, potent zikr. And that is called in Arabic Muraqaba Zikr Kalbi. And that is this zikr where you try to turn off and forget the entire world. And you try to only and only remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the way to do the zikr is you should sit down for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day. And for those of you who are beginning, try to do it before and after some salah, some prayer. And just sit there and forget everything in the world and only think about Allah subhanahu Just turn off all of the switches. Turn off the entire switchboard of dunya and turn on the one switch of the awareness of Allah subhanahu So because you say, my mind wanders, I need something to focus on. So Allah subhanahu taught us in Quran, وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ rabbik And make dhikr of the name of your Rabb. So make dhikr of His name, focus on His name. Just lose yourself in His name. Why? Tabarakus Mulabbik. And full of barakah is the name of your Rabb. That is the barakah of His name. Ism ke zikr se musamma, zat musamma ke zikr naseeb hota When you remember His name, you're remembering Him. No need, how should I imagine Allah? How should I think about Allah? No need for that. Allah Ta'ala give us the gift of His ism azam, ism zat, ism jalala, Allah. And that's the barakah of the name. You remember the name, you're remembering him. 
All you have to do is remember his name and you're remembering him. So then how should you remember his name? That you should make intention that my heart is remembering his name. Not my physical heart. That's the heart of the body. The heart of my ruh. Deep inside me, my ruh, my spiritual self. And the heart of my ruh, my qalb, is doing the zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name as if my qalb is saying, Allah, Allah, Allah. In me, I'm just sitting and I'm becoming unaware of everything else and all my attention, focus, awareness is just on my heart doing zikr of Allah's name. Not meditation, nothing to do with breathing, no physical heartbeat, no physical pulse, nothing to do with that. Just lose yourself in the name. All your awareness should be of Allah Ta'ala's name. اگر آپ اللہ تعالیٰ کا مبارک نام اپنے دل پر لکھا سکیں تو باقی ہر چیز مٹ جائے گا باقی ہر چیز مٹ جائے گا اگر آپ یہ مٹنا سیکھیں نا اپنے آپ کو اللہ تعالیٰ کے نام کی یاد میں اپنے آپ کو مٹانا پھر آپ دنیا کو مٹا سکتے ہیں پھر آخرت کی محبت آپ کو ہوگی نہ چس فکر آخرت محبت آخرت محبت آخرت سبحان awareness, write it on our consciousness that at the beginning we don't want to flee any war from our death we want to flee towards you, Ya Allah we want to run towards your mercy Ya Allah, Yalla send your mercy fleeing towards us, Ya Rabbi Kareem send your rahmah upon us, Ya Allah Yalla forgive us for all the sins that we ever did, forgive us for the mountains of sins that we have brought forgive us for the years of sins that we did, forgive us for the sins that we never repented for, forgive us for the sins that we were never shameful for Forgive us for the new sins that we did. Forgive us for the old sins that we repeated. Forgive us for all of the sins that we ever did. Forgive us for the sins that we did to ourselves. Forgive us for the sins that we did to others. Ya Rabbi Kareem, forgive us for the sins that we've previously made Tawbah for and have broken our Tawbah yet again. Ya Rabbi, we've come to you with a broken Tawbah, Ya Allah. With a broken heart, Ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, every time we want to make Tawbah to you, the nafs tricks us again. Shaitan traps us again. The world and its creation delude us again. Ya Rabbi Kareem but we have come back to you. We will always come back to you. You are our only and only Rabb Ya Allah. You have millions and billions of servants but we have only one you. Ya Rabbi Kareem send your mercy on us on this night. Send your kabuliya on us on this night. Send your maghfirah on us on this night. 
موسیقی 
جن سے وہ محبت کرتا تھا اگر آپ ان سے محبت کرتے ہیں بکریم اس محبت کی نسبت سے اس محبت کی ناطے بکریم ان کو اپنے محبوبین میں شامل فرما اپنے محبوبین مقربین میں سے بنا بکریم یار بکریم ہم سب کو ظالمین کے ظلم سے محفوظ فرما یار بکریم امت مسلم کے تمام نوجوانوں کو ہدایت عطا فرما یار بکریم وہ بکھرے ہوئے ہیں وہ بگڑ چکے ہیں آپ سے دور ہو چکے ہیں یار بکریم آپ کو محبت کرنا بھول چکے ہیں اپنے کرم کا معاملہ فرما اپنے خصوصی رحمت ان کے دل پر نازل فرما یار بکریم آج فتنہ فساد کا زمانہ ہے فسق فجور کا زمانہ ہے چاروں طرف باطل ہے بکریم اپنے ہدایت کی نور کی کرنے کو ان کے دل کو روشن فرما باطن کے ظلمات کو دور فرما اپنی محبت ان کو سینے میں ڈال فرما بکریم اگر باطل ہر چار چاروں طرف ہے بکریم تو بھی اپنے ہدایت کی چشم کو جاری ساری فرما سب کو اپنے محبت کے جام کے پیاسے بنا سب کو اپنے محبت کے جام کے پیالہ پلا بکریم ہم تمام دلوں کو اپنی درد عطا فرما اپنا غم عطا فرما دین کا درد عطا فرما دین کا غم عطا فرما آخرت کا غم عطا فرما یار بکریم ہم بے دل ہیں یار بکریم ہم با دل بنا دیجیے ہمیں دل والا بنا دیجیے یار بکریم یار بکریم امت مسلم پر اپنے خصوصی رحمت نازل فرما اور جن لوگ فوت ہو چکے ہیں یار بکریم ان کے خاندان ان کے عزیز کار کو صبر جمیل عطا فرما یار بکریم ہم نے اپنے تو بڑوں سے سنا ہے کہ دلوں کی تسلی دینے والے ہیں یار بکریم اس ماں باپ کو تسلی دے دیجیے ان بھائی بہنوں کو تسلی دے دیجیے یار بکریم ماں باپ کو باقی اولاد کی تربیت کرنے کے لیے آسان فرما سب بچوں کو دین کی طرف رغبت عطا فرما ان کی تربیت کرنے کی تربیت یافتہ بنا تسکیہ یافتہ بنا اپنے عشق عطا فرما اپنے نظر کرم عنایت فرما اپنے نظر حفاظت عطا فرما یار بکریم ہم سب کی ایمان کو محفوظ فرما یار بکریم جو بھی پریشان ہے ان کو پریشانیوں کو دور فرما جو رسک کی وجہ سے پریشان ہے رسک حلال طیب عطا فرما جو صحت کی وجہ سے پریشان ہے ان کو صحت عطا فرما یار بکریم جو اپنے نفس کی سستی اور غفلت کی وجہ سے پریشان ہے جو اس سخت دل کی وجہ سے پریشان ہے یار بکریم ہمارے بھی پریشانیوں کو بھی دور فرما روحانی بیماریوں کو بھی علاج فرما بکریم ہمارے دل کو نرم فرما دل کو دین کی طرف مائل بنا عشق الہی نصیب فرما خشیت الہی نصیب فرما عشق نبوی نصیب فرما ہم سب کو نبی کریم صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کے صحیح امتی بنا مخلص امتی بنا سیدھا امتی بنا بکریم ہم سب کو اپنا سیدھا سادہ سچا ستر مسلمان بنا بکریم تمام باطل نظریات ہمیں محفوظ فرما دین کی جو نئی نئی شکلیں نکل رہی ہیں ان سب سے ہمیں محفوظ فرما ہمیں صدیقین صالحین کے ساتھ نتی فرما وہ سرات و مستقیم عطا فرما جو نبیین صدیقین شہداء صالحین کا راستہ ہے جو مفسرین محدثین فقہ اصولین اولیاء صدیقین کا راستہ ہے بکریم ہمیں ہمیشہ اپنے بڑوں کے ساتھ نتی نصیب فرما ہمیشہ اپنے بڑوں کے 
سایہ ہمیں دائم قائم رکھ فرما یعنی بے کریم ہمیں وقت کی قدر عطا فرما لوگوں کی قدر عطا فرما اپنی زندگی کی قدر عطا فرما اپنے دین کی قدر عطا فرما اپنے نبی کریم صاحب کی سنت کی قدر دان ہمیں بنا یعنی بے کریم ہمیں اپنا قدر دان مؤمن عبد بنا یعنی بے کریم جس کے بھی یونیورسٹی کالج میں جن کے امتحانات آنے ان کی ان دنیا کے امتحان میں بھی کامیابی عطا فرما اور آخر کے امتحان کی اس سے بڑھ کر تیاری کرنے کی توفیق عطا فرما اور آخر کے امتحان میں انہیں کامیاب بنا جن کے علم دین کے امتحانات آ رہے ہیں یعنی بکریم ان کے علم دین پڑھنے میں برکت عطا فرما اخلاص نصیب فرما ان کے اس علم پر عمل کرنا آسان بنا اس علم اور عمل میں اخلاص ان کو نصیب فرما ان کی ہمیشہ اس علم دین پر استقامت نصیب فرما یعنی بکریم جو بھی دل میں آپ سے مانگ رہا ہے یعنی بکریم سب کی نیک شری تمنا فریادے کو قبول فرما یعنی بکریم جو مانگنا چاہتا ہے مانگنا نہیں آتا یعنی بکریم ان کو بھی قبول فرما جہاں بھی لوگ سن رہے ہیں جب بھی سن رہے ہیں ان کو بھی قبول فرما ہم سب پر جن اگر کسی پر امید ہے تمنا ہے کہ ہم بھی ان کے لیے دعا کریں ان سب کو ان دعا میں شامل حال فرما پوری امت کو ان دعا میں شامل فرما بکریم پوری امت کی مقفت فرما پوری امت کو ولایت نصیب فرما پوری امت کو اپنے محبت کے لیے قبول فرما اور آپ کی محبت میں ایک نیک جم کر رہنے کی توفیق عطا فرما ربنا تکمل منا انکا انت السمی العریم وطوب علینا انکا انت التواب الرحیم وصل اللہ تعالی لحبیبه سیدنا محمد وعلا آلہ و اصحابہ اجمائین برحمتک یا رحم الراحمین